The page is Reish Ches, the entry is Mem Ches. This is Ein Yaakov, and we have here one of my favorite stories. I know I, I say that too often for it to land yeah. anymore. None of you believe me, but this really is one of my favorites. This one's great. Okay, this is the story of Yaakov's funeral. You would think it would have been a solemn affair, but it was not. It had all sorts of drama. So let's read about Yaakov's funeral. They had there a, uh, a eulogy. It was a very heavy eulogy, a big eulogy. People were really mourning. Tana, the Mishnah taught, they taught, uh, the Mishnah teachers taught, even the horses, even the donkeys were mourning. Everybody was upset, even the animals. I usually like to read all the way through, but let me just stop here and tell you what that means. Uh, the Riff has a very ungenerous take on this particular line. He says, they starved the horses and the donkeys. This was a strategy back then. If you wanted the animals to mourn, you didn't feed them. They would bray like crazy because they wanted their food, and it sounded like everybody was sad. This was an Egyptian funeral strategy. <laughs> is that if you really, is that they just they didn't feed them. So these were starving horses and starving donkeys. This is the Riff. The Masha says that they dressed the animals in black funeral shrouds so that everybody was dressed. You know, everybody was in like black and... I'm, I'm, they all had black umbrellas, of course, and every horse had a little black umbrella, and every donkey had a black umbrella. They had the black clothing, that's the marshal. There's Benya Yada that says, Love Dafka, I think the horses and the donkeys were people. That they're just some people who are so simple-minded, you gotta call them horses and donkeys. That's what he says. He says some people, some people are so are so simple, he says, and some people there, they're just the guys carrying the packages. They're saying, look, Mitzrayim came with their governors, right? The, the, the pack mules. So Mitzrayim came with their governors and their big and their big deals, right? Mitzrayim came with their leaders, and the Yidden had their leaders. Somebody had to carry the stuff. They were the porters. Yeah, the, I don't, I, I'm not gonna use a racial term, but yeah, you know, the, there were people who were, there were people who were involved. He didn't use a bad racial term, he said Sherpa. I'm just they, they do carry things up the mountain. I need to clarify so people don't think it's worse than it was. Um, uh, but the point is that there were people there who were just the, with the schleppers. They were the ones carrying the stuff. They were the donkeys and they were the horses. No, it's not going to be meaner than the Ben Yayalda. Even they were mourning. Even the people who just came to carry the stuff felt the strength of the moment, felt the power of the moment. The Kutulevi Yitzchak builds on this a little bit. The, the Rebbe's father, uh, Rebbe Levik, he says that Mitzrayim is gematria sus plus chamor. You do the math, I'm not sure. He says it though, so we have to believe him. He says if you take sus, one, should we do it right now? Should we do it right now? 60 and 60 and 60 and 60 and, 60 and, 60 and well, do, do so to us. 60 and 60 and 6 is 126. Chamor uh, is going to be 8, 40, 8, 40, 8, 40, 246 and, uh, and 200. 246 and 250. Okay, now add those two together. 254 and what? 126. Okay, well that's. 354, 354, 360. I'm glad we're doing this here. This matters. 380. Okay, and what's Mitzrayim? 380. Mitzrayim is going to be 40 and 90, and then 250. It works. It works. Parrot says it works. Okay, so yeah. sus and chamar, when you add them together, equal the gemachi of the word Mitzrayim, oh, because Mitzrayim is a double clipper. A double clipper. Tonight, on Thursday night at Ein Yaakov, you get a double clipper for what, the price of one. I'll tell you, don't worry. I, don't, I'll tell you, don't worry. Okay. It's a double clipper. Chamor is the clip is the clipper of Chesed. That's Chesed de clipper. How Shechem ben Chamor was involved in Neof. Neof is the Chesed of clipper. That is that when you look at Averas, certain Averas line up at certain sides of the spectrum in Chesedus and in Kabbalah, and Chesed de clipper looks like uh, looks like forbidden relations. And Chamor is involved in forbidden relations. Uh, Shechem ben Chamor was the first one to be involved in the Torah in uh, in in uh, in certain illicit certain kind of illicit relations. Lashinaki, you understand what I mean? Okay, so that is that is the clip of Chesed. Mitzrayim also had the clip of Givura. That is the clip of, of horses, because horses are war horses. You use them to go to war. Uh, that's the clip of murder. So clip of Givura comes out as murder. 
You also know this from Yishmael and uh, Esav. Although normally the clip of chesed by Yishmael is a clip of stealing, it's also a clip of Neil. Point is that sometimes you live in a Medina of chesed, right? Sometimes you live in a country like America where the clip here is a clip of chesed. Our clip is a clip of chesed. And you see this with, you see this with Chosh, it's a clip of Neil. Oh, I mean, you do see that. that the, all the Avedas that are done in America, America's problem is not that it's legislating murder. It's not that it's legislating hurting other people. America's problem is that it legislates very permissive relationships. This was not the Gullus we always lived in. Sometimes we lived in a clip of shell Gevura. When we lived in a clip of shell Gevura, they were very strict about who you could marry and who you could be with. What they were very not strict on is who you could murder and who you could hurt, right? So we've lived under different clippers. One time in history, we lived under both clippers at once. Mitzrayim had both clippers. They were Erva Sa'aretz. Everybody there was sleeping with whomever they wanted. And in addition to that, they were murdering babies, right? They were throwing babies into the water. They had both clippers. Very rare that you get both. So Mitzrayim is the double clipper of Sus v'chamor. Yaakov was able to subdue both clippers. While he was there, when Yaakov went into Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim, the clip of Chesed and the clip of Gevura, they both disappeared for the time that Yaakov was there. And came back when he died. So the reason that the Lashon here says this says Reb Levik is that there was a misped gadol from even the clip of Mitzrayim mourned uh, mourned the existence of Yaakov, not the passing of Yaakov, because once he passed, they could come back. But the way that he reads is they mourned the existence of Yaakov, because Yaakov was mevatel the clip of Chesed and the clip of Gevura in Mitzrayim. Yes. You say Yehidus yesterday also Reb Levik about Mitzrayim, the gematria of Mitzrayim, right? Was another. Yes, but I don't remember it because it was yesterday. Yeah. This is from Levi Yitzchak. This is yeah. This is Reb Levik. This is Reb Levik. Uh, yeah, the, the thorns. The, yes. the, the, the thorns. The, pla- the name of the place. Uh, Garanatad. That's right. Garanatad. Yes. Yes. Oh, you continuing the story. <clears throat> continuing the story. We only got through one line. So even the horses, even the donkeys, whatever that means, they are in mourning. They arrive at Maras Machpelah, the burial place of our forefathers. Also, Esav Kamaakif, Esav shows up, and he wants to stop the whole proceeding. He said to them, This is a place that is called Kiryas Arba because there are Arba Zugas. There are four pairs who are allowed to fit in here. There are four burial plots for a husband and a wife. Adam and Chava, theirs is taken. Avram and Sarah, theirs is taken. Yitzchak and Rivka, theirs is taken. There was one for Yaakov and Leah. You already put Leah in there, so there's one spare spot. He says, that one spare spot, you put Leah in your spot. The one that's left over, it's mine, right? We're both children of Yitzchak. We're each entitled to one of these plots. You put your wife there. You're not going to get to go there. He does not want Yaakov taking that burial plot. The children say to him, Zbinta, you sold it. Don't you remember the whole lentil thing? You wanted soup? You sold everything. Amalehu says Asa back to them. I certainly sold my birthright. I'm not the firstborn anymore. But you think I sold my share as a brother at all? I'm still a child of Yitzchak. I'm still entitled to half of everything. I'm just not entitled to the double portion of a Bechera. I still am entitled to this plot. This plot was there. Yitzchak had two children. There are two plots here. I get one of them. So you're not allowed to bury yourself there. Sounds like a reasonable taina. Amrle, they said back to him, in, you did, you sold that too. Because Yaakov told us that he bought this plot. Who do you think he bought it from? If not from you, we know for sure Yaakov wouldn't have lied to us. Yaakov told us he bought this plot. At some point, you guys arranged this sale. Yaakov uses the Lashon Karisi, and it says there, the Kira is the way that they say Mechira. Because in the Karachayam, in that part of the world, they call Mechira Kira. Point is that they say, no, Yaakov says that I did buy this. Yaakov says he bought it. Amrlo, so this is the, we're, not, we're now having a back and forth over the, we're now having a transactional discussion. Amrlo, he said back to them, Esav says back to the brothers, I sold it, show me the document, bring the contract, or nothing happening. Don't tell the ending. You know, you're the, you're, you, I, can't, I can't watch Gemara with you. You always give away the ending. Spoilers. <laughs>
Amr <laughs> This is a 2,000-year-old spoiler. Amr <laughs> They said back to him, We left the contract in Egypt. We didn't expect you to make this problem. Man Nazel, who's going to go get it? Nazel Naftali. Let's send Naftali. Poor Naftali. Naftali always gets sent to do these sorts of things. Why? Because he was as fast as a deer. I, st- I still feel like Naftali, this is my personal commentary, commentary of Yechiel Krish on, on Shas. I assume Naftali was still upset about this. Like, I get that he's fast, but he still has to be the guy who always goes to get things. Like, oh, Naftali will run all the way back to another country. He's fast. So they sent Naftali up. It says Naftali is a, is a, running, away, a running away deer. Who gives him a shafer. That means the one who brings the words of the contract. He's the runner, the one who's good at bringing contracts. This was like his regular gig. Was every time you needed a contract from a foreign country, you sent poor Naftali off to run. Okay, so Naftali takes off. While Naftali is running, there is more drama. Everybody's sitting around waiting for Naftali to come back. I don't know how long he took. I don't know how fast deer go. I don't know how fast Naftali the deer went. All I know is that Chushim ben, ben Don Tamanhava. Chushim ben Don was there. Don had a kid named Chushim. He had heavy ears. That does not mean he looked like an elephant. That means he was deaf. He was mostly deaf. He couldn't hear very well. So he said, what's going on here? What's going on here? He didn't know what had happened. There'd been a whole conversation. Everybody was there, knew what was flying. This guy, Chushim, he had no idea what was flying. He said, my eye, what's going on? So they said back to him, this guy, Esav, he's getting in the way. They're making us wait to bury Yaakov until Naftali comes all the way back from Mitzrayim. He's fast, but it's going to take a while. Chushim says back, until Naftali comes back. My father's father is going to stand here in Bizayan. We're going to let this body just wait here and not bury it. Shaka Kulpa, he takes out a stick. Mechaya Aresha smacks Esav in the head. Nasru Eina, and Esav's eyes pop out. Naflan Akarad Yaakov, and they fall on the lap of Yaakov, Yaakov's body. Did they bury Yaakov without Usher? Without Naftali? I don't know if he made it back. Unclear. You've got to hear the punchline. Yaakov, Yaakov opens his eyes and smiles. So Yaakov's dead, right? But he's lying there, a dead body. Chushim knocks Esav in the back of the head with his staff. Esav's eyes pop out of his head and fall into Yaakov's lap. And Yaakov pops up and gives a big old smile. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funeral. That's a funeral. <laughs> that is what it means when it says in the Pasuk, This is what the Pasuk means when it says that the Tzadik will rejoice when he sees his revenge. He will wash his hands in the blood of the Russia. He'll wash his hands in the blood of the Russia. Is it Pama feet? Okay, wash his feet in the blood of the Rasha. It lands the same way, but you're right. It's probably feet, yeah. Okay, at that moment, Rivka had had a nevuah years earlier, and it was fulfilled. It says in the Pesach, She said, when Esav was trying to kill Yaakov, why should I have to bury you both on the same day? At Tzadikas talks, it gets heard. At the end of the day, they were buried on the same day because Esav tried to get in the way, and Choshim knocked his face, and they both ended up buried on the same day. The truth is, they didn't die. On the same day, they were buried on the same day. Hold on. In our Gemara, it's, it, yeah, yeah. it, it's the eyes. We're going to see there's, there's different, there's, there's a whole tasis. What? Oh, he died. No, Asaph's dead. His, his, he's, he's not just walking around with his eyes popped out. If you hit somebody on the head so hard their eyes pop out, they are not coming back. Eli okay, that will do tomorrow. That's a, that's a different section. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk. First of all, I want to talk about Naftali with whatever time we have left. Let's start with Naftali. 
We don't have much time left. We're going to go a little long. Because it's Thursday night, and because we don't have Shar B'tachin tonight, so we can oh. push it a little. He has no Shar B'tachin tonight. Mandy Levitov is out of town. We miss him very, very much. Naftali. So in Teres Menachem, this is in the year Tavshin Mem Gimel, volume 3, page 1257, says that Naftali represents Zrizos in Inyani Rishos. Zrizos, enthusiasm in things that I don't need to do. Now, I might have thought that I shouldn't have enthusiasm in Inyani Rishos. You know what I mean by Inyani Rishos? I'll explain myself. Should you have, you know, you know what Zerizus is? Zerizus is alacrity. That doesn't help anybody. No one knows what alacrity is. No one knows what Zerizus right is. Enthusiasm. It's quick enthusiasm. It's fast and it's also enthusiastic. Okay, when it comes to davening, should we have Zerizus? Oh yeah. When it comes to learning, Zerizus, Mitzvah, Zerizus. Okay, what about going to work? Zerizus? You would think not. Have a no, right? You would think not. Um, eating, eating dinner, Zerizus? You would think not. Depends. Going to the bathroom, Zerizos, only if you're in a hurry. I mean, in Yonirishos, things that are, have to do with my body, things that don't have to do with Terah and Mitzvahs, should those be done with Zerizos? The Rebbe says, I might have thought, no, I might have thought that I need to approach Terah and Mitzvahs with enthusiasm and alacrity. I need to approach all of the things involved in my regular life as if I don't want to do them. The Rebbe says, no. Naftali represents Zerizos even in Yonachel. This is not a Mitzvah. He's running back to Mitzrayim to pick up a document. To, to humor our Russia, they could have just had Choshim smack him on the head before Naftali ran off. Naftali is going to do something. Naftali is going to work. They did. Naftali is going to work. And he does it with incredible enthusiasm. The Rebbe says that we also have to engage in our divrei rishos with incredible enthusiasm, but make them chulan al That is to take these things that are not necessarily sanctified and sanctify them through using incredible enthusiasm and also using all of our energies to make sure that the things that we do that are not necessarily directly tied to terror and mitzvahs are acts of terror and mitzvahs. If we do these things l'shem shemayim, it warrants anything done l'shem shemayim warrants zrizos. Anything done l'shem shemayim warrants zrizos. <clears throat> I want to talk about Esav's death for a minute, and with that, we're going to conclude. There's a, there's a taste of the Masechah's Gitten on 55b. There, there, he quotes the Yerushalmi. There's Yerushalmi that tells a different story of how Esav died. The Yerushalmi says that Yehuda killed Esav, not Chushim. And Tesis's answer is, both things happened. One of you asked this question. Here's the answer. I said a second ago, you can't club somebody in the head so hard, their eyes fall out, and they survive. Tesis disagrees with me. Tesis answers that both things happened. Chushim smacked Esav in the head so hard that his eyes popped out, and then Yehuda showed up and beheaded him. So it was just a very very bad day for Esav. He got hit by everybody. He got smacked in the head and then beheaded by Yehuda. I will note that there is a different medrash. You'll find this in the Yalkut on Bracious that gives a different way Esav died. So there are actually three ways on the books that Esav died. The third way is that at Yitzchak's funeral, Esav and Yaakov went into the Mara together to bury Yitzchak. Not Yaakov, Yitzchak. So at Yitzchak's funeral, Esav and Yaakov both show up. They go into the Mara, they go into the Mara Smachpela to bury their father. Yaakov's in, Yaakov is in front, Esav is in back. Yehuda says, this is very suspicious. I'm following them into the cave. This is in the Yalkut. Um, Yehuda follows them into the cave and sees that Esav is about to kill Yaakov and he preemptively slices off Esav's head and Esav's head rolls into Yitzchak's lap. That is the line Yitzchak. 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 This was way before. I don't know. This was way before. This was, this was way before the Yitzchak's funeral. Well, the problem is we have a whole Gemara here about Esav showing up to Yaakov's funeral and apparently he was already dead at the time of Yitzchak's funeral. Uh, the, the, fi- all fine questions of just telling you the Medrash. The Medrash says that, uh, that, that, uh, that, Yitzchak, that at Yitzchak's funeral, Yehuda killed Esav. Now, the Targum Yenasan on Chumash says that Esav's head rolled into Yitzchak's That's arms. That's the one I know. Yeah, you know that one. Right, the, because the reason you know is because the Rebbe quotes it a lot. Yitzchak's head ultimately rolled into Esav's... And, and Yitzchak, I'm going to get this all backwards. Esav's head rolled into Yitzchak's lap. He held it becheke. What's cheke? He held it in his uh, chest. He hugged it. He, so, shh, we're about to finish. So, huh? When do they take it out? It's still there. To this day, 
Why didn't they take it out? Great question. Levi wants to know why didn't they take out his head, and this is what the Rebbe addresses in a Sicha. He says, a Sicha, it's Likut Sichas, volume 15, page 193, and with that we're going to conclude that in the Sicha the Rebbe asks exactly Levi's question. The Rebbe says that you're not allowed to bury a Russia with a Tzaddik. Asaph's head is in there with the Tzaddikim. Somebody should have removed it. Why is it sitting in Yitzchak's lap? And his answer is that Asaph was not a Russia in his head, Asaph was a Russia in his body. That Asaph's mucker, where he comes from, in his head, his source, was in Kedusha. But when it got down to a body as tame and as horrible as his body, ended up doing horrible things. There is a deeper lesson in here, of course, which is that there are a lot of people who are good in their heads. And there are a lot of people who, if you chop their head off their body, they really would deserve to be in the Maris Machpelah. But if it doesn't show up in your limbs, you're still called an Esav. You can have the best intentions and the best heart, and you can be, as we've mentioned a couple times lately, for some reason, a Yehudi Balev. You can be somebody who, in their heart, is more Jewish than anybody. If it doesn't extend down to your arms and legs, you're Esav Arasha. Esav Arasha was defined as somebody who, in his head, was a Tzaddik. When it came to his arms and his legs, was a murderer. And that's just not good enough. So yeah, Esav's head does deserve to be in there. But the fact that Esav is still Esav Arasha is murder on exactly what he was and exactly what you can do with a good head and a rotten body and series of taivas. Um, that's the end for today.